This is The Jerry Callahan Show. So let me see if I have this straight on this Monday morning, July 24th. Um, So when I see a nice sunset, a beautiful sunset, and I take a picture, and I take some good ones, I can no longer, I will no longer be tweeting it out. I'll be Xing out a picture of the sunset. I'll be Xing it. That's what we're going to do now. Oh, I hope you're right, Ironhead. Ironhead's theory is that it's a prank that uh, Elon Musk is yanking our chain. And that makes as much sense as anything else. As we know, Elon Musk is really, really smart. He's had a lot of great ideas. I'm not sure this is one of them. I've been trying to figure this out all morning. Because, you know, I'm a Twitter guy. I like to, you know, I rely on Twitter for my uh, breaking news. I tweet. I, I have my, uh, you know, back and forth on Twitter with people. Well, we're not going to be able to do that anymore. Now we're going to X at each other. I'm going to X. And when someone X's at me, I X back at them. Is this real? Is this real? Do you really think this is a, a prank, Ironhead? Or do you think this is going to take shape? And we're going to look back and say, boy, what a great idea. Well, Calling... You- Changing the name of Twitter to X and changing the name of tweets to X's and worse. Here's the worst part. The worst part of this idea uh, that uh, Elon Musk came up with is the, uh, the bird. The bird has now been retired. He's been replaced by an X. And as uh, some people know, I know, the bird is named Larry. Larry the bird. That's what they call the bird. At Twitter, that's what they've called the bird at Twitter since Twitter was founded uh, 17 or 18 years ago. Larry has been retired. So anytime you get rid of Larry the bird, it's a bad move. I'm sorry, it just is. And uh, I don't think Musk thought this through. See, Musk has a strange obsession with the letter X. Everything he's done has had an X, Space X, Tesla X. He named one of his kids. X. He named, he named him, uh, uh, not even a, it's not even the letter X. It's some weird graphic thing. I don't even know how you, how you say it, but that's not the point. He gave this kid this name that looks like some scientific formula, but they call the kid X. So one of his 72 kids is named X. His cars are named X. His spaceships are named X. So now he's changing the name of his, um, $44 billion company, social media company to X. And I don't think we have a choice, right? We can't just keep calling it Twitter. We have to call it X. He's the guy. He makes this call. I don't really get it. But then again, I'm not as smart as uh, Elon Musk. Here's the uh, story from this morning on Newsmax. Elon Musk has unveiled a new black and white X logo to replace Twitter's famous blue bird as he follows through on a major rebranding of the social media platform he bought for $44 billion. Musk replaced his own Twitter icon with a white X on a black background and posted a picture Monday of the design projected on Twitter's San Francisco headquarters. They changed the sign at their headquarters in San Francisco. The X started appearing on the top of the desktop version of Twitter Monday, but the bird was still dominant across the phone app. Um, Let me check my phone app to see if the bird has uh, disappeared. 
Um, let me see. We go to the home page. Uh, I don't see the bird. I don't see the bird. The bird is gone. No more bird. No more Larry Bird. That's just a bad sign, man. That's a bad sign. But uh, calling the company X is one thing. But when you uh, change the name of a tweet to an X, do I have that right? Am I reading that right? It's a noun. X is the company. It's a noun. And it's also a verb. And it's also a letter. <clears throat> it's also a, the icon. It's also the symbol. Man, the guy really is obsessed with the letter X. Uh, and I guess we'll find out if it catches on. We'll find out if it's a prank. Uh, maybe maybe he'll you know, post something later today and say, hey, I put, uh, you all fell for it. I'm not really doing that. I'm not really changing the name to X. I don't know. We will see. We'll find out soon enough if it catches on. I'm going to have trouble with this, though. I am. I'm going to say, I'm going to go X out something. I'm going to X out the show today. Let me get on X and read people's X's. That, that's the, that's the problem Speaking right there. X's. X's. Um, uh, we, we finally have an answer. Ironhead, we have an answer. We've been asking this for, I don't know, eight, ten months. Who will Tom Brady's bounce back chick, who will it be? Well, I guess I got this one wrong. I said it would be Paige Spiernak. I still think uh, she's in the mix, but uh, we got an answer. We'll get to that. Tom Brady. And, and there's one thing about this story. He was seen with this woman in L.A., and uh, she spent the night with him. And she's spectacular. She was a former swimsuit model. But there's one part of the story that I don't like. It's a bad sign. Uh, and I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Um, that's a tease. That's a tease. Uh, I got another question. A real question. A serious question. Uh, is it okay to root against the United States of America? Now, I'm not talking about uh, war. I'm not talking about uh uh, the, in the rooting against the country economically or anything else. I'm talking about sports. Can you root against the country? Because I am. I, um, I cannot root for Megan Rapino, Megan Rapino. I just can't. I look at her and I don't want her to win. I don't want her to go out a champion. So the, I don't know if this makes me anti-American, but I can't root for the U.S. women's soccer team. We'll tell you what they did. Uh, during the national anthem before their game against Vietnam. And uh, it's just, they're just annoying. They're just spoiled children, these U.S. women, led by Megan Rapino. Rapino. Uh, the British Open, Ironhead's guy beat my guy, but uh, uh, a, a bald, five foot six inch American guy ruined the British Open in the rain. He just ran away with it, which was kind of a bummer. I mean, I was. I, I turned it on. I was looking forward to it getting tight and him, him falling back into the pack and seeing someone emerge. And there was lots of big names on the leaderboard, but the bald little guy, the little guy, the little man, he ran away with it. It was kind of a bummer. And uh, we uh, have the latest on the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden scandal. And it is kind of comical now to think that Joe Biden has said many, many times that he never even talked to his son about business. That again, I know I say this all the time, but that's the product of a man who's been in Washington for 50 years and been protected by the media, by the Democrat party. He felt free. He felt able to lie that brazenly over and over again. I've never talked to my son about business. The question is turned from, have you talked to your son about business to, are you in business with your son? They have literally 
moved on from I've never talked to Hunter about business to he's not in business with his son, and that is falling apart too. This is from uh, the New York Post. It's just done amazing work on this as much of the media has ignored the scandal. Oh, we're going to get to to Joe Scarborough's defense of Joe Biden, which is hilarious. As I've said many times, the job of being a Democrat stooge, of being Joe Scarborough or being Dana Bash or Jake Tapper or the New York Times gets more difficult by the day. Their assignment, their job is to lie on behalf of the most corrupt president in U.S. history. And even though the Democrats control the Senate, there will be no successful impeachment, no conviction, even though they control the White House, the Senate, the uh, the media, academia. It's, it is uh, unraveling in real time. Yes, the walls are closing in, and all because of one, one, one branch, one house, Congress, the Oversight Committee, who are just have just been doggedly unraveling this scandal. Here's the latest. If you're uh, just tuning in after enjoying a long summer or a, a, a beautiful summer weekend, I think it was beautiful. I don't know. Or was it climate change? Did climate change ruin this weekend or was it beautiful? Unfortunately. It seemed okay in my world. But uh, uh, if you're just uh, trying to get caught up, here you go. New York Post, Miranda Devine, who could be the best reporter in America right now. She's just done amazing work. Uh, Hunter Biden uh, would dial up his father, who was then vice president, on a speakerphone into meetings with his overseas business partners, according to testimony expected before Congress this week from Devin Archer, who was uh, Hunter Biden's business partner and best friend. He is going to testify under oath before Congress. Uh, Archer, who's 48 years old and is facing jail time for his role in a $60 million bond fraud. I believe that's the case where he scammed an Indian tribe out of millions. And he's going to go to jail for that because everyone has to go to jail except Hunter. Uh, Archer, anyway, Archer is scheduled to testify to the House Oversight Committee about meetings he witnessed that were attended by Joe Biden, either in person or by speakerphone when Hunter would call his father and introduce him to foreign business partners or prospective investors. Quote, we are looking forward very much to hearing from Devin Archer about all the times he witnessed Joe Biden meeting with Hunter Biden's overseas business partners when he was vice president, said James Comer. One such meeting uh, was in Dubai late in the evening of Friday, December 4th, 2015, after a board meeting uh, of the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, which was paying Hunter $83,000 a month. Archer, Archer, who was also a director, is expected to testify that after dinner with the Burisma board at the Burj Al Arab Hotel, he and Hunter traveled six miles north to the Four Seasons uh, to have a... Uh, a drink with one of Hart, uh, Hunter's friends while they were sitting outside at the bar. Vladim Pojazdi, uh, a senior Burisma executive, phoned to ask where they were because Burisma's owner, Mikolo Zolchevsky, the guy who paid the bribes, needed to speak to Hunter urgently. urgently. Soon after, two Ukrainians joined Hunter and Archer at the Four Seasons and asked, can you ring your dad? It was early afternoon in Washington, D.C. 
Hunter then called his father, put him on speaker, placed the phone on the table and introduced the Ukrainians to Joe Biden uh, by name. He also said words to the effect that Burisma bigwigs needed our support. Uh, VP Biden greeted the Ukrainians, but spoke only in vague pleasantries during their short call in another such transactions. Uh, Archer is expected to testify this week. Now, I know that we all know. I mean, everybody knows the truth here. Everyone knows Joe Biden was uh, helping Hunter, uh, was in business with Hunter. The, the only reason Hunter was on the board, the only reason Hunter was making millions was because he had access to Joe. And this is another smoking gun. Here's Joe on the phone. Here's Joe in meetings. Here's Joe playing golf. I mean, they have pictures of him playing golf with Hunter's business partners at the same time Joe is saying, I never uh, spoke with my son about business. He was in business with his son. And this is going to be pretty big. This is Hunter's best bud on the board, a guy who's already been convicted of scamming people out of millions. And uh, he can't lie. I mean, he can't lie under oath. He has to tell the truth. I think it's going to be devastating. Of course, the IRS whistleblowers were devastating. The FBI whistleblowers were devastating. The uh, suspicious activity reports were devastating. The 20 shell companies, the encrypted messages, the money going to nine Biden family members, including grandchildren. I'm not sure at what point you just say, we're done here. Time to impeach. We have a criminal in the White House. I'm not sure the the argument against that. It just seems... Like, you can't get, uh, to me, a better, stronger case than this. Everything Joe Biden has said about Hunter and his business dealings and Ukraine and Burisma has been a lie. Everything has been a lie. So why would you believe the next? Why would you not believe the next thing? Hey, my mother always told me when I was a kid not to lie, because she said, if you lie once, no one will ever believe you again. So if you get caught lying once... Why are you supposed to believe the next thing Joe Biden says? He did talk to his son about business dealings. Of course he did. He was in business with him. He made millions. He took bribes. I just can't get past the fact that the last president got impeached twice. Both of them were shams. They were jokes. Of course, the media now refers to him as the twice impeached president without adding that they were both ridiculous show trials. One time he got impeached the first time because he asked Zelensky to look into the corruption involving the Bidens in Ukraine. Okay, can we revisit that? (laughs) The the corruption is undeniable. So Donald Trump was just doing his job. He wasn't, it wasn't about a political opponent. I mean, obviously Biden's an adversary politically, but Biden was taking money. The Biden family was taking millions from a corrupt company so it was Donald Trump's obligation to add the, ask them to look into that. How can that possibly be impeachable and this not impeachable? We're going to get to the point, and it's coming big time, where all, every Republican, every, every voter, Republican voter, is going to demand more than strongly worded letters, more than hearings. They have to start talking about impeachment, because if, if not, then what's the point of uncovering all this corruption? What's the point of making the case that the president was taking bribes, making millions, lying about everything, if you don't take action? Again, the Senate's not going to convict them. Unfortunately, 
we uh, Republicans didn't take the Senate or we'd really be talking about an impeachment. But this is a hell of a lot worse than either of Trump's impeachments or Bill Clinton's impeachment. Bill Clinton lying about a sexual uh, affair in the White House. He was impeached for that. And uh, as uh, Clay Travis wrote about this on OutKick over the weekend, this is how you know how, how the media has changed. 25 years ago, when Bill Clinton was impeached, the Washington Post led the charge. Newspapers actually did journalism and covered it. Yes, the president's impeached. That's kind of a big deal. He was on the cover of Time and Newsweek as a disgraced sitting president. What he did was nothing compared to what this guy in the White House has done over the last eight years, nine years. Nothing. We've never seen anything like this. And if not for the utter dishonesty uh, of the media, it would be not consensus, but there'd certainly be a number of journalists, a number of news agencies who would be covering this, not just the New York Post and Newsmax. It would be everybody. I mean, they might be, uh, you know, uh, twisting it might be a little biased, but they'd be covering it. This would be a big deal. The story in the New York Post this morning would be a big deal if it happened 20, 25 years ago. Now you have the Post, Newsmax, Fox News covering it, maybe. Uh, and then you have the rest, the other 97% of the media, whose job it is to lie about it, to, to, to twist it, to talk about, uh, I don't know, Chinese <laughs> Chinese arms dealers. Let's get to uh, Joe Scarborough because this just this just makes me laugh. Joe Scarborough is the big darling of the left, a former Republican congressman who, for the money, for the fame, just flipped like that. Flipped. He was a friend of Donald Trump. He was a member of Mar-a-Lago. He was a supporter. Trump wouldn't have got the nomination without the help of someone like Joe and uh, Mika, his honey, uh, who for some reason they get to be partners on the air and have a sexual affair and get divorced and stick. To, they get to do that old TJ Holmes and uh, whatever name is that uh, the, the, the co-anchors of good morning America, they get fired because they had a, an affair because they met on the air, but these two, no problem. But look at this. We had a panel of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people as the whistleblower scheme uh, as the, as the IRS whistleblower story is exploding as the, um, uh, the bribery scandal has just went to another level late last week. They had nothing. They, other than blame Trump, other than talk about race, they have nothing, as we pointed out last week. There's just no defense for this. These two IRS whistleblowers were incredibly credible, believable. Everyone believes them. Nobody thinks they're lying. The, the, the investigation into the corruption of the Biden family was obstructed by a corrupt uh, U.S. attorney, by a corrupt DOJ, FBI, IRS. I mean, it's just a scandal for the ages. I was trying, I've said this before, what are you going to say if you're a Biden stooge? What do you got? Well, (laughs) the answer is not much. Let's listen to Joe and his panel of like uh, 72 uh, Trump haters as they try to deflect and defend their guy, Joe Biden. Go ahead. And for that, it was, to, again, to, to, to lie about a document. Mm-hmm. At the time, they were talking about, I guess, impeaching Ray or, or whatever. They, 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 Ray talked to him, and 
again, it's it's one thing after another after another. Durham supposedly is going to show this conspiracy between the FBI and Hillary Clinton. He makes a fool of himself. You have Comer time and time again, like talking about informants who end up being like Chinese agents uh, or foreign. Uh, I don't know exactly what they are, uh, but, but they're, they're doing the business of the Chinese Communist Party illegally. They're funneling Iranian oil, uh, smuggling it illegally to the communist Chinese. They're illegal arms dealers. You go yeah. down the list. And, and, and then you've got these other people who are supposedly these IRS informants who basically get up there and go, yeah, it was actually Donald Trump. And when I was complaining, it was Donald Trump who was president then, and it was Trump's uh, IRS and Trump's Justice yeah. Department in 2018. And, yeah, and, and, and here we have a document, that, again, that's, that's complete nonsense. And you have Chuck Grassley going, I don't care whether he's guilty or not. We're just we're just yeah. trying to create chaos. Even the people on the show are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, he, I mean, he's literally sitting there as he's speaking, trying to make it up. He's literally saying, how can I debunk this? He was talking about the, the, the that guy, Gal Luft. We talked about the Israeli pr- professor who's on the run because the mm-hmm. Biden DOJ is trying to put him in prison. He's the one they're charging with, uh, you know, uh, arms dealing and, you know, Iranian oil to China. There's all this questions around that guy. He didn't testify. <laughs> he's, he can't. He's, he's been indicted. He's on the run. The two IRS whistleblowers who did testify, they were impeccable. And he's sitting there going, oh, these supposed uh, whistleblowers, uh, this nonsense, complete nonsense. What? And the 1023 that makes the whole case that Zolet, Zolchevsky paid the Bidens, the two bribes, the five and the the two five million dollar bribes, or the ten million to Joe Biden, uh, and 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 Hunter gets half. That that's complete nonsense. An IRS whistleblower and a for, that was from an informant who worked for the FBI for ten years. They paid him a hundred thousand dollars. He was a highly credible. He, the FBI said it. I think he still works for them. They didn't name his name. That was redacted. And by the way, I'm going to mention this uh, all the time. Also redacted from the IRS, I mean, from the uh, 1023, from the informant, was the reference that Zolchevsky, the head of Burisma, made about Hunter. He said Hunter was dumber than his dog. The guy was paying $83,000 a month to sit on his board. He said he was dumber than his dog. He said he's so stupid. They redacted that. Now, redactions are to protect sources, right, to protect investigations. Why would that be, why would that require a redaction? Chuck Grassley's a hero for releasing this 1023. It is incredibly damning. I wish everyone would read it. I wish Joe Scarborough would read it. Obviously, he did not. I always wonder, are they, like, rubbing each other's thighs under the table, you think, those two when they're doing their show? Yeah. They, they, sometimes he looks really excited, and uh, they look, they, you can feel them. You can feel the, the love in the air when they're talking, but... They have seven people on the panel, and that's the best they come up with is, and it was Donald Trump's IRS. Well, yeah, that to me is a big part of these scandals. The, the, the agencies, the federal agencies were, that were in the executive branch that were essentially working for Donald Trump were working to undermine Donald Trump. They were working to remove a sitting president and install 
his opponent. That's a pretty big scandal. That's not exculpatory, Joe. That doesn't mean there's no scandal. Yes, it was Trump's DOJ, Trump's IRS, Trump's FBI. Yeah, and they were shiving Trump in the back every step of the way. Kind of a big deal. You used to pretend to be a, a journalist. Those days are over for Joe uh, Joe Scarborough. He is, I don't know how he's going to handle it this week. What's he going to say, Devin Archer, Hunter's best friend? He's convicted of a crime. You know why? Because they're all criminals. That's generally the people who testify against criminals, other criminals, because they were involved in the enterprise because they have to, to, to make a deal, uh, maybe to lower their sentence, or maybe they just get them under oath and they don't want to commit another crime. Who do you think testifies against mob bosses? You know, some, they pluck a nun out of the local seminary or, (laughs) you know, they, they, they get criminals to turn on other criminals. That's how it works. I thought Joe was a lawyer. Anyway, that's about what you're going to get. That's what you got last week, which was a devastating week for the Biden crime family. You're going to get it more this week. And I do want to get to, here's another uh, concerning thing. If you're a Biden stooge, a Trump hater, if you're hoping for four more years of a demented riddle cadaver in the White House, they're starting to notice in the mainstream media, they're starting to wonder, as we have been wondering for two years now, how it is possible that Joe Biden could do four more years. Now, this time of year, it's not so bad. They hide him out. He takes long vacations. He goes to the beach. He takes his shirt off. He drags his chair across the sand. And uh, they hope people will be busy. They're doing other things. It's summertime. People are vacation, traveling, whatever, playing golf on boats. And you know, they're not paying attention. Well, NBC snuck this story. I'll get to this and uh, then we can get to, uh, I want to get to Nancy Pelosi too, because uh, on the topic of incoherent defenses, of uh, Joe, let's do it. Let's do Nancy Pelosi. Cause this is another funny one. I think she was uh, on the Sunday shows. I believe Nancy's 83 now. <laughs> She's a fabulously wealthy person. She just bought a mansion on the water in Florida. Cause you know, climate change is such a concern. I believe she's worth 150 million. We all know about her drunken husband and his, his escapades. And look at it. Look at the, look at the face. She, she struggles. You know how Joe Biden struggles to walk across the South Lawn? When Nancy talks, tell me she's not consciously struggling to keep her teeth from falling out. It's, <laughs> it's a weird thing. She's always like, like her teeth are going to fall out. This is a state of the union on CNN. She found a nice soft landing spot. And uh, they ask about the whistleblowers, about the IRS whistleblowers. Again, devastating, absolutely devastating. To me, black and white proof of corruption in uh, in uh, the executive branch, in the IRS to protect Joe Biden. Um, it goes back years, of course, but they were doing it when Biden was vice president. They were doing it when he was out of office and they're doing it again now that he's president. That's what they do. As somebody wrote this morning, I should have uh, saved this. They said, all this, uh, all this latest revelations, they're devastating to Biden, but they're worse the FBI and the IRS, because no one's, Biden will be gone, and still no one's ever going to trust, look at FBI or IRS the same way again. How could you? But she's asked, who is this? Is this Dana Bash? I think it is. She's asked about uh, the IRS whistleblowers. I don't think 
she says a word about the IRS. She just immediately pivots to Joe Kennedy and Trump. And I mean, they got nothing. Go ahead. Let's listen. This past week, two IRS whistleblowers, career yeah. investigators, testified under oath that the Justice Department slow walked the investigation yeah. into President Biden's son, Hunter, and ignored recommendations to file more serious felony charges. Are you confident the politics did not play a role here? Well, it was, a, a, Mr. Met, you since you referenced mm-hmm. the hearing, mm-hmm. what a ridiculous clown show, again, on the part of the Republicans. Here was a purpose that you described. What do they do? Bring in Joe Kennedy talking about censorship, that he's being censored as he's talking to the world in a congressional hearing and showing pictures uh, that had nothing to do with the essence right. of it. I think you mentioned Robert, Robert F. Kennedy, but on the oh, essence of me. it. So just That's okay. Robert there are a lot of Kennedys. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay, Nancy. A lot of Kennedys. God, you think she'd ever do that if that were, I don't know, Chuck Grassley sitting there or James Comer? You think, oh, let me correct you. The fact she that she to, said it is actually kind of impressive and shocking. The fact she corrected her. I know. Like that. I'm, I'm, you know, Joe Kennedy, that's one of her contemporaries, Joe Senior. This past week, too. Oops, sorry about that. Dead for 50 years. I mean, maybe she's <laughs> thinking about, you know, Joe, Joe, Joe the third who was in Congress, but, uh, she she immediately answers about a hearing that that Bash didn't ask about. I mean, she was asking about the IRS hearing, and a totally separate hearing on a different day was RFK Jr. about censorship. So she she is just shot. I mean, and that's the number one Biden supporter out there defending Biden for being uh, on on the age question is her. The, the that pathetic old lady who can't even barely keep her teeth in her mouth babbling about Joe Kennedy when she's asked about the corruption in the IRS. All right, we got we got another story which should concern Biden supporters. NBC News is uh, has a really lengthy piece this morning about all the accommodations they're making for Joe's for Joe's age for Joe's limitations and they're actually they're adding up the number of times he uses the little boy staircase on Air Force One, they're, they're counting how many times he declines to use the big staircase, which presidents have been using for years, which is kind of a cool visual and cool optic when the presidents go up that big staircase and wave. Well, Joe doesn't do that anymore because he can't. And NBC News, perhaps the most biased outlet, is covering it. We'll get to... Tom Brady's bounce back chick, the U.S. women's team, who I'm rooting against, proudly rooting against America, and uh, the British Open, and the little bald guy who just dominated. But first. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, Listen up. In 2010, our debt was $13 trillion and gold was $1,000 an ounce. By 2020, $23 trillion and $1,500 an ounce. And today, $32 trillion and $2,000 an ounce. So now that we have one trillion in interest payments annually and another one trillion on defense and Democrats in office, do we really think the spending is going to go down? A surging national debt is bullish for gold. Bloomberg stated gold appears as a caged bull awaiting a catalyst. Well, the oncoming commercial real estate crisis will be that catalyst. $1.5 trillion in interest-only loans are coming due, and with vaccines plunging valuations and higher interest rates, more companies are going to just walk away. 
It's as simple as calling Patriot Gold Group today. Find out why they are an A-plus consumer affairs, top-rated gold and silver company nationwide. Call the proud Americans of the Patriot Gold Group today before it's too late. Mention Newsmax, and you'll get best-in-class service from Patriots protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has the no-fee-for-life IRA, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold or silver, Plus, you may be eligible for the No Fee for Life IRA on qualifying rollovers. Call 888-309-9181 for a free investor guide today. Patriot Gold Group is a consumer affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer for six years in a row. Call now. Write this down. 888-309-9181. Protect your retirement with the Patriot Gold Group. Uh, this is a bad, I mean, I, to be honest with you, this story is long and it, uh, is not a good sign if you're Joe Biden. NBC News posted this this morning. It's about, uh, uh, I'll just read you the headline. Note cards and shorter stairs, how Biden's campaign is addressing his age. And they have, you know, quotes from people saying, oh, I can't keep up with him. He's so full of energy. But they do mention, you know, that he says, watch me when he's asked about the age. And they say the trouble is voters are watching and what they're seeing is hardening impressions that it's time for him to step aside. And they refer to polls where the majority of Americans want him to step down. They talk about his, you know, his his prime when he attacked Robert Bork or Sarah Palin. And he was, you know, on top of his game. He was a buffoon back then. Now he's a buffoon with uh, dementia. And they mentioned that they have to give him note cards to get him through these, uh, get him through these press conferences. And here's what they write about the short, the little boy staircase that Biden takes on air force one, where he ends up in the baggage compartment. And you mentioned when he gets on the plane, how lost he is. That's a big plane. <laughs> he must never know where he is, especially when he takes the little boy stairs. They said Biden's use of the shorter staircase, which reduces the risk of a televised fall that goes viral has more than doubled since Biden's tumble at the commencement ceremony at the Air Force Academy, according to an analysis by NBC News. So they're doing an analysis of which stairs he used. Listen to this. In the weeks prior to tripping, Biden used the shorter set of stairs to get on and off the presidential aircraft 37% of the time. In the past seven weeks, he's used the shorter stairs 84% of the time, or 31 out of the 37 times he's gotten on or off the plane. <laughs> they're counting how many times he uses the little boy stairs to get on air force one. And they go through all the times, like he fell off his bike. He fell uh, at the air force Academy over, they say a sandbag that was camouflaged. So you couldn't see it. Yeah. Is, which is why he stumbled over it. They talked about the times he's blown off dinners, a uh, big NATO summit. He blew off the dinner with all our allies. Cause he was just too tired because uh, he worked like two straight days and it's, and they, and they asked the question, they flat out ask, you know, can he do this at 86, which is what he'll be in the second term? You know what? We all know the answer. I mean, I, I, it's time we stop. And they have real great sources. Marty Walsh saying that he could barely keep up with him. Oh, he's such energy. He says, uh, he's not, his Marty Walsh, he says, the president isn't falling down every day for crying out loud. If you've ever given him a hug, you're going to get the, you're going to, you're going to feel the man is solid. He's in good shape. 
Can you, uh, for our televised audience here, I get that picture of him on the beach? <laughs> yes, I sure can. <laughs> the man is solid. If you give him a hug, there's another picture, by the way, last week, and people were asking on, on X, everyone was asking, what does this mean? He has two fists clenched and he just holds them out in front of him. And they put a picture of him. It looks just like Beavis or Butthead. I never know which is which. He looks like one of those two. And he does. But I know what that is. That is a symptom of dementia. The clenched fists held out in front of you. It is a clear symptom of dementia. I look, I saw the story and many of the comments were from, you know, medical people who said, uh, yeah, that's a sign. Like much of like this falling down, falling up the stairs or falling off his bike or losing his way or not. I mean, it, it's kind of a charade at this point. It really is a charade. We know he can't do four more years. We have our doubts that he could do uh, 18 more months. There's no way in hell this is the candidate in 2024. No way in hell he steps on stage and debates Donald Trump or whoever. Uh, I mean, that's one reason they're uh, going all out to destroy Robert Kennedy Jr. Because they don't want him to be the alternative. They want, you know, their hand picked successor. I think it'll be Gavin Newsom. Maybe someone else will step in the brief. Maybe Michelle Obama. (laughs) This is... This is the guy Marty Walsh wants you to believe is solid because he gave him a hug. Okay. There are lots of words you could describe this guy. (laughs) Would solid come to mind? Does that look solid to you, Marty? That guy, you gave him a hug. Well, I'm, how about the guy nibbling on the baby in Finland? Is that guy solid? But anyway, NBC. Yes. And that's the problem. Uh, Maybe they thought they'd bury this story like in a summer, you know, summertime and people wouldn't see it, but they go through uh, and they, you know, obviously have the lies. They said his at, um, at seven or 8 PM, his aides leave him with a couple of hundred pages of reading material and then provide him updates at seven 30 AM. Um, she talks, uh, one of his aides talks about how she almost passed out from exhaustion, trying to keep up with him mm-hmm. on a trip. Sure. I mean, these people have no dignity. Think of that. You actually expect us to believe that you almost passed out from exhaustion trying to keep up with that guy we just saw who couldn't even lift his beach chair. What's this? What's this woman's name? Let me get her name. Uh, who, who said she couldn't keep up? Uh, I mean, who, who believes that lady? Who believes that you, uh, Stephanie Feldman, White House Staff Secretary, uh, she said on a marathon flight home from Biden's meetings on the NATO trip, when he expectedly came back to the staff cabin, aides were passed out from exhaustion. She said, and the president came out and wanted to thank everyone. I was kicking people to wake them up and engage with the president who wanted to engage with the staff. If only I had the energy of 80 year old Joe Biden. Sure. Lady, we're really buying that, <laughs> that guy on the beach. That guy has, uh, is uh, just too much energy. All right, let's get to, let's get to my uh, my hot take of the day. I'm rooting against America. I'm sorry. I know it doesn't feel. I mean, I, it doesn't feel right, but I can't help it. I can't look at Megan Rapino and root for her. Does that make me a bad American, Ironhead? On be honest, does that make me a bad guy? No, but I think uh, we're taking this video way too seriously. That's how I think. Uh, well, here's here's the latest. If you haven't seen, they played Vietnam 
and uh, the U.S. women. And people were curious, wondering how they would react to the um, national anthem. This is from uh, Newsweek. The reaction of a majority of players in, on the U.S. women's soccer team to the national anthem during the ongoing World Cup has sparked anger among some American fans who criticized them for not singing, though their stance was not new. During the Friday game against Vietnam, um, that's the game the that we, team, we we lost, but we came home and said we won, right? Is that? I thought we won. I don't know. That was a Vietnam it, joke. Was, Never mind. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, I get your Vietnam joke. Oh, yeah, right. That's the one right we lost the game. We declared victory. No, this time we won. I know. This time we beat them. The uh, team did not sing the anthem. They stared ahead in silence while the Star Spangled Banner played. Most of the U.S. players went silent with their fists behind their backs. Only five players were standing and placed their hands over their hearts as the anthem played. It says three sang along. I don't even know how many players are on the team. I don't know, like 20-something probably. Among the players who stayed silent was Megan Rapino, Rapino, uh, who out of the 2019 World Cup said she was never going to sing the anthem again. What? The player was the first on the team to kneel during the anthem following Colin Kaepernick's protest uh, against racial injustice in 2016. I mean, here's what's annoying. First of all, they're favorites. They've won two in a row, I think. Yeah, two-time World Cup champion, defending World Cup champion. Uh, they Yeah, they won three to nothing against Vietnam, which is, sounds like quite the blowout. And they talk, and the story has a bunch of fans tweeting about it, disgusting it is watching these people, but... Here's here's the thing with this team is their favorites. They're you know they're the big favorites, so you know it's hard to root for the favorites in general. But there's one thing that I think bothers all Americans above all else, above everything else. It's ingratitude. It's a lack of appreciation. I mean, these are women from the United States with more freedom than any women on the planet, more freedom than any of the players on the other teams for the most part. As uh, I, I heard Clay Travis talking about this this morning, they're playing other countries where they don't have, where they don't make the money the U.S. made, where they're not allowed to wear shorts, you know, where, you know, women don't have rights in those countries. They're playing those teams. And when they go against them, they would like to point out that America is oppressive. It's just so, just so arrogant it's so it's such ingratitude mm-hmm. you live in the greatest country in the world you know it better than we do because you travel around the world you meet players from other countries you hear their stories i mean the u.s the, the iranian men's team remember they didn't sing the anthem uh, in the men's world cup a couple of years ago and then the guys like all disappeared <laughs> they the next time they were screaming the anthem because they warned them they probably took their families hostage the government cracked the whip and they next they were suddenly singing. That's Iran, where they have real human rights violations and a, a dismal human rights record. You should be singing louder than anybody. You should have your hand over your heart. You should be waving the flag. You should be celebrating your country in front of the world. And yet they don't. Because why? I don't know. If, Rep, if Rapino talks about it, she'll say because of trans rights or some garbage about LBGTQ being oppressed, which is a lie. That's what bothers people. She is lying about her country. 
She's making a fortune. She's fabulously wealthy, rich. She's getting married to a woman. She's got purple hair. These things you couldn't do in other countries. Some of the teams they play, it's illegal to be gay. And this famous, rich, privileged puke with purple hair doesn't seem to want to celebrate that, send that message. And she's big into making sure men can play women's sports and men can walk around naked in women's locker rooms. I think, now that her yeah. career is winding down, she's all for letting men play women's sports. So she just, I cannot root for her. I just can't. That's true. I agree with that. But I think that's the argument, not the national anthem singing part, because I have a pretty... I know. Yeah, yeah you're I, probably right. I have a damning video that would change your mind, I think, quite quickly. Um, you're probably you're probably right, and that's not a big deal. They stood silent. They didn't take a knee. They didn't do any protests. So you're probably right. I got Tom well, Tom Brady doing the same thing. <laughs> Tom Brady, he's 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 pensive right now. He's thoughtful. He's thinking about how great this country is. Or he maybe is. he's thinking about maybe he's thinking about uh his divorce. Irina uh, uh, <laughs> <Irina> Shake. <laughs> we'll get to that. But I I wonder if um in the minority here. If you watch, and I'm not going to watch much, maybe I'll watch the championship, but you can't help it sometimes. You know, you just can't help who you root for. It's just the feeling comes over you. It's like I say sometimes when you're mm-hmm. watching a, like a Monday night football game and your team's not playing, you come up with reasons. Oh, there's a local guy on that team. Or that's a you know backup quarterback sticking in. I'd like to see him win. Or you watch a golf tournament and you say, that guy's five foot six, he's bald. He's a, he's a nobody. I think I'll root for him against John Rahm and Rory McIlroy. You just, you don't have any real connection or tie to the person, but you invent a word. So you just watch and, and whatever happens, you, you know, you, you go with your gut, you go with your instinct. So you're telling me you're going to watch this U.S. women's team play some team when they're favored, you know, by a million, and you're going to root for the bully who doesn't like America. Now, I'm sure there are, there are women on that team that love America. They would love to sing the anthem, but Rapinoe sets the tone. She and others, they set the tone. They're disgruntled leftists who think America is a bad place, even though they're making millions. They're making as much as the men and the men bring in whatever it is, 10 times more revenue. And, and they still don't appreciate it. That's, that's what bothers people. You're right. Not singing the anthem. That's not a big deal. But she will, mark my words, before this tournament's over, she'll make some statement about trans rights. And, you know, we, she'll 1, say something percent. about, yeah, we get like, like, uh, like, like Steve Kerr and Popovich always do say, we got our problems at home. You know, when you ask about things in other countries and oppression in other countries, and, and they're executing gays and throwing them off buildings in Iran. And she'll say, yeah, well, we have, we have a governor in Florida that banned the word gay. You watch that's coming and I'll feel I will feel no hesitation when I root against them. I'll wait to see who they're playing to. I mean, I'm not going to root. I don't even know who's in the freaking tournament, but I mean, if they're playing Russia, I will not root for Russia, <laughs> but, but we'll see who if they're playing, I don't know, Sweden who never locked down and never forced people to take COVID shots, Sweden, if they're playing Sweden and they're probably some pretty fine looking Swedish players, I'll probably root for Sweden. And, you know, anyone agree with me? Uh, uh, oh, that's true. Zach Ertz's wife had her hand over her heart, says Rich. Good point. So maybe I'll look at that that way and root for uh, Zach Ertz's wife. And, she, and as always, the reminder that this team lost to a – they didn't just lose to a bunch of 15-year-old kids from Dallas. 
15 year old boys, they got smoked. Then a couple of years later, they played a team of retired guys, men who were like in their forties and fifties and they got crushed. I believe that one was like 12 to nothing or something. Uh, (laughs) That woman who got beaten by 15 year old boys wants boys to play girls soccer as long as they say they're a girl. So that that's where Megan Rapinoe, I should figure out how to say her name before we talk about this again, huh? I just go back and forth. I think it's Rapino, but I'm not positive. I heard both. Why don't you find that out for me? I need you to find out something else. Let me do Shay, and then we're going to talk about uh, the British and Brady's bounce back chick. But first. Excuse me. As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey insulation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com and... While you're there, you can look for a job. Shake Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. Tom Brady seems to have moved on from Giselle Bunchton. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> who, who said he hadn't? Uh, the retired NFL star was photographed looking very flirty with another supermodel, Irina shake or shake over the weekend in photos exclusively obtained by page six ever chivalrous Brady picked up shake. She's 37 from the hotel Bel Air Friday afternoon and then drove to his Los Angeles home. Eyewitnesses tell us we're told the duo didn't emerge until nine 30 the next day. (laughs) So uh, it says apparently, uh, the Tampa, the former Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback dropped off his sleepover buddy back at the hotel. Here's the story. And she's great. She's, I mean, she's, she's been, she's well-traveled though. I'll say this. She's Bradley Cooper's ex. They have a kid together. She also dated, check this out, Kanye West and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. That is a classic uh, by uh, Tom Brady chick. This one famous, gorgeous cover model, athletic fit, this, this is no surprise, but here's the part of the story I don't like. Here's the part that bothers me. Brady picked up Shake again Saturday afternoon in his black Rolls Royce and returned to his home. Hold on. Tom Brady is, has a, I didn't even know he had a home in L.A. still. Tom Brady's driving a Rolls Royce. I mean, occasionally you see Rolls, it's like the real ultra- which version of a Corvette you look at him and you say, man, he's trying to uh, compensate for something. Tom Brady. I never thought of as a Rolls Royce guy. <laughs> and there's a picture of him. It is. It's a full size Rolls Royce. I, I, I can't believe that would be his car of choice. I, I can't believe it is. This guy he used to be an Audi guy when he had that big accident right downtown Boston, like the morning we were talking to him on the radio, 
he, it was a, I think it was an A8 Audi that he got, he got team boned it, it wasn't his fault, but I don't know. I'm, I'm weird. I, things like that, they annoy me driving a Rolls Royce, but nice I got to admit, this is not a bad bounce back for Tommy. Uh, and they had two sleepovers. Sounds like uh, they're serious. And uh, apparently um, she has a good relationship with Bradley Cooper. They, there's pictures of her and they, they, their kid is, they have a six-year-old daughter with Bradley Cooper. Brady likes that stuff. Brady likes famous people. He likes fame. He likes, you know, power. He likes that whole glitzy lifestyle. I can't believe he's even spending his time in L.A. I don't even know what he's doing, but spending his time in L.A. tooling around in a Rolls Royce. Anyway, that, that, uh, probably, oh man, she is, she is, she is, uh, a handsome woman. She takes good photos and video, very telegenic <laughs> lady. And, uh, I think this is the one I had, I think he, Brady wants, you know, have a steady, steady girl. And he like, he's gonna, this one makes all the sense in the world. This one makes much more sense than, uh, Kim Kardashian. I was, uh, anyone does, but she might be as tapped as Kim Kardashian. They have the same ex. So he's been right. He's been with two women who were Kanye West's ex exes. You know what? They probably, he probably won't get married. He's not going to have any more kids. Brady's he's got to type. Fun. <laughs> yeah, he's got to type. He's Kanye's retired. Exes. He's just going to have a good time. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe someone else gave him the Rolls Royce or lent it to him or whatever, but you just look like a, a tool when you're driving a Rolls Royce. All right. Look, before we go, uh, kudos to, uh, Brian Harmon from Georgia, 37-year-old, father of three, five foot six inches tall, bald, boring as could be. I didn't think he would ruin the British Open. Even Sunday morning, even when he made the turn, I said, someone's going to come within, I don't know, one, two, maybe. He would have a double. He would hit one out of bounds. He'd do something. It never happened. He just rock steady. Uh, and uh, he, he came into the tournament. 175 to one iron head. This should have been one of those deals where you bet like a dollar that you sometimes do. I know if you bet, if you bet five bucks on this guy, you'd have made whatever it is, 700 something dollars. Uh, no one, I didn't think even with a five shot lead going into Sunday thought he was going to hold up. There were just so many good players on his heels. The rain was pouring down, but he has no pulse. Do you notice he doesn't get emotional. He doesn't get high. He doesn't get low. He has no pulse. He is one of those guys. That just is a is a robot out there, which serves you well in these big moments. Here's I'll let just leave you with one stat. He's a great putter and a great chipper. Obviously, he doesn't hit it as far as you know Cam Young, the guy he was playing with, or Rom or Rory, of course. Putts inside ten feet for the week, fifty-eight of fifty-nine. Damn, doesn't that seem impossible? I mean. It's not like Damn. it's a flat thing, like it's not like a free throw, you know, where you just do the exact same thing over and over. Mm. You have to read the putt, see the break, and pick the speed. And 58 of 59. I saw the one he missed yesterday. It was about, I don't know, six feet. 58 of 59. That'll win you some tournaments. He, he was just so good on the greens. And he's from Georgia. That always amazes me that some guy from Georgia could go to England or, or Ireland or wherever in, in the go to the Great Britain, go to UK and play their game in the rain on their greens and do it better than they do. It seems like that Tommy Fleetwood or Rory McIlroy would have a big advantage because they grow up on these courses. They play them their whole lives. This guy goes over there, just, you know, teasing up and beats them at their game. 
because he just could not miss a putt. Hell, he couldn't miss a shot. He was great. But congratulations. He made three million bucks. He got a, uh, a he got a, a claret jug. He's drinking. I don't know what he's drinking out of it. Beer, wine, drinking. He said he said he got fired up when a heckler told him he didn't have the balls to close it out like halfway through yesterday. He said that he immediately heard that and he locked in, which I don't even if I believe it. It looks like he heard nothing. He just doesn't let anything enter his brain. But uh, it was good. He ruined the he ruined a good tournament, but good for him. Congratulations. He did ruin it. Did you win any of your bets? No. You bet, no. You bet Fleetwood. That looked pretty good for a while. He looked he looked solid. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna win one someday, and that was you know the one because he's Eng, he's from England. And they were comparing him. They were asking on the broadcast, which Beatle does he look the most like? And they got it all wrong. They said he looked like John. He looked like George Harrison. I was going to say George. It wasn't even close. And these idiots on the broadcast, I don't think my friend Faxon was on that, was in that exchange. Maybe it was Faldo. Somebody said he looked like John. Well, saying, until no, no, until no. Faxon comes back on this program, he was on that broadcast for this. Yeah. Well, Faxon is Rory's putting coach and he looked pretty good for a while, but Rory just can't putt like uh, the little bald guy from uh, Georgia could not putt like Brian Harmon to save his life. But no. maybe he, he's great though. Isn't he entertaining to watch Rory just rip at them? I mean, just take these huge swings and hit it a mile and go get it. I enjoy watching him play. All right. That's uh that's the, the uh, creep, the creepy old man is leering at me through the window. So time to go. Thanks for uh, listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. God save the queen, man. Am I the only one here tonight? Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.